All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Forgive me for being a minute late. I've had a long day at work. Obviously, this is more of my second job, but I have an exciting episode uh, for you today. I have two amazing guests, one that will be joining, uh, but this episode is dedicated to the future of fitness. I'm so excited for this. And I have with me Anthony Amen and Sergeant Renee Polk. Let me read their bios before I jump in, and hopefully my other guests will be on uh, by that time. I want to start with Anthony. Anthony's personal training journey started in college. Before that, uh, he was never really into the aspect of fitness. Uh, he just ate what he wanted to, ran 15 minutes on a mile, couldn't tell you the difference between a plank and a push-up. That all changed in college when he began playing intramural sports. He ended up falling back on ice, giving uh, himself a major whiplash and a concussion. The impact was unreal. Uh, it left him bedridden for three months, pain medication, muscle relaxers. Migraines became his norm. Doing simple activities such as driving became a task for him. Doctors kept telling him that migraines would never go away. He was unable to handle the weight above his head. There was nothing that he could do for it, but he refused to believe that. Uh, he wasn't going to be slowed down by injuries and stubbornness and willpower, and it drove him to find a solution. And that is when he stumbled upon fitness. Yes, I said it, fitness. Through complete trial and error, he quickly learned the technique and became obsessed with the gym. Wasn't too long after that that he learned how it changed his life. Uh, it not only stopped his, his migraines, but now he accomplishes things that uh, everyone told him was basically impossible. Personal training has taught him how to pass this knowledge on to others. He truly understands what it feels like to be hopeless and lost. He's helped many different clients of all backgrounds achieve their goal and has allowed them to witness the changes that they didn't think were possible. Uh, he is the CEO of Redefine Fitness, and his answer to all fitness questions is not about having the biggest muscles in the room or about being the fastest runner. It is about helping you redefine yourself. He owns a personal training studio, works with Trainers Nation Rise. He also hosts a podcast. Connect with him, guys, on his podcast. I've listened to it. He runs and hosts a podcast and engages himself deeply in his community, and that is Anthony Amen. And I also have with me Another, uh, she played collegiate basketball. She is a fitness enthusiast. I have with me uh, Renee Polk, a.k.a. Sergeant Polk. Just a little short bio about herself. Originally from Crestview, Florida. Attended the University of West Florida. Played on the women's basketball team on a women's basketball scholarship. Graduated uh, with the BS sports manager, in sports management and exercise science. Uh, she has been in the U.S. Air Force uh, for over eight years. She is a veteran as an aviation resource manager. Currently serves as an enlisted sessions recruiters for the Chicagoland area with the AD and aviation management. I am so excited. And then I also have with me my other guest, Taiwan. Taiwan, welcome to the show. Taiwan is a leader uh, in the fitness industry. I'm grateful for him to be on here. Uh, you know, he hit me up and he said he was joining later, but he is a fitness leader. Uh, if you've ever connected with him or seen any of his videos, people really follow him. He's got a mass following, connect with him. And I'm just super excited about having you three individuals on this show. How's everyone doing? Great, man. First off, Renee, thank you so much for serving. Oh, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you for your support, always. Cool, cool. Well, look, I want to get into it. I want to start uh, with Taiwan because he responded first to my uh, request when I asked him to be on here. He didn't know me from Adam and, you know, me, I'm like the DM king. So, you know, I slid in. I was like, hey, look, I know you work out. <laughs> I got this podcast. <laughs> Fitness. 
Why did you get into it? No cor- no corny answers. Why? Why did you get down or start on this path? 100%. I uh, got into fitness when I was 16, and it was to impress the women. That's how I got into fitness. 100%. <laughs> hey, look, impressing the women. I get it. I mean, I'm married now, so you know I can't. But I, I get it. That was definitely a reason why I got into fitness. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to you. Anthony Amy, I read your bio. You stated why you got into fitness. Really, what has fitness meant to you now? Like you've seen your kind of journey. What is fitness now meaning to you? Everything. As, even as far as um, mental strength. So I work out now to get my mind right, to make sure I'm on the right path for the future of my company. What's wealth, man, if you don't got your health? That's what I tell everybody. Hmm. Hmm. Wealth is health. Sergeant Polk. Fitness. Why? Why get on that uh, treadmill? Why eat right? Why? What has fitness meant to you? Um. Well, my journey started back when I was in grade school. You know, um, definitely battled weight <laughs> pretty much my whole life. Um, um, and then, of course, continuing that, uh, seeing where it led me through sports uh, to compete on a collegiate level and even uh, a semi-professional level. And now uh, it is my job. They pay me to have to be fit. I have to be uh, mentally resilient um, and also, you know, physically fit to do what I do, even as a recruiter, uh, because we are the face of the uh, the Air Force. I don't speak on behalf of it tonight, but of, of course that is uh, one of the reasons why I did join so that I could continue this lifestyle um, and implement it every day. Awesome. Awesome. Look, I want to take it up a notch. Um, fitness has changed. You know, when I got into fitness, I saw a cover of Ronnie Coleman and Jay Cutler on Muscle and Fitness. And I was like, I will never be those guys. But whatever they're doing, I want to get as close to it as possible. Uh, but it seems like now you don't have to compete. It seems like now all you need is an iPhone and an Instagram page, and you can basically build a brand from there. Uh, and I'm going to start, uh, Taiwan, I'm going to start this one with you. Do you need to compete anymore? Is, is, is competition, do I need to go to Mr. Olympia? Do I need to make, win Mr. Universe? Or can I just take uh, photo crop photos of myself, post it to Instagram, and build my following? Uh, you can take photo crop, Photoshop photos of yourself, and you can build a a fitness following now however i would not suggest that but uh because of social media it has changed drastically you don't have to win bodybuilding shows anymore you don't have to be a mr olympia or a miss olympia all you got to do is uh, garner a following and you can create an online fitness uh platform so uh the big thing is is if you do it to make sure that you know what you're doing um you actually have some some education behind you uh, because not too long ago, a lot of these fitness influencers that have massive followings have been sued uh, one because they just didn't have a proper business set up and they didn't have the, uh, the knowledge to correctly uh, help people. So it ended up catching with them, catching up in a, with them in the end. Hmm. Gotcha. Anthony, you own a fitness studio. Uh, this is your life. You're the CEO of redefine fitness. When you see people, I don't know. Maybe do they come to your gym? Or is it now what you're seeing? Are you seeing the more type of phone engagement? I mean, has fitness basically uh, come to a point that it's not about the grind anymore, but it's about the likes? What are, what are your thoughts? 
I don't think it's about either anymore. <laughs> mm. it, it depends on the population you're talking to is what I've really learned. So the years of Arnold Schwarzenegger, huge fan, is mm -hmm. gone. It doesn't exist anymore. You have very few people that follow that bodybuilding way of life. And then it's the other side of it where you have your Instagram models, which you kind of talked about. But people are following those for different reasons, let's be real. And right. <laughs> people really want to see you be human. They want to see somebody that's like them. I'd rather watch somebody that, you know, maybe has a similar journey as me, maybe understands what it's like. Hey, I see a donut. Like, I'll eat a donut once in a while. Like, that's real. That's who I am. And people mm -hmm. want more of that than the superficial, hey, look at me. This is my big muscles. Mm -hmm. Burger Pro Fitness. Um, I think Anthony hit it dead on the head. People follow Instagram models for different reasons. It's not because of working out. It has definitely shifted. And I would say probably more toward uh, a new aspect of fitness, really focusing on uh, uh, women, women's beauty, really, right? So as a woman, right, what is fitness now meaning? Is it is it a, a fad? Is it something that because it looks cool? Or is it for competition's sake? Um, I mean, I'll agree with Anthony. You know, it depends on 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 the audience of what, you know, who's following that. Uh, as a woman, you know, my biggest thing is being healthy. Um, you know, it's gone away from the super skinny supermodel of being the the epitome of what a healthy woman should look like or what a woman should look like. Um, now it's more so um you know the the fit physique um not necessarily into the bodybuilding but that is also big um especially in you know my profession of what we do because that is the next level of of fitness because it's the dedication and the discipline that it takes to even you know compete on that level so you have uh would i like it in today's terms of you you know you get in where you fit in you know what what you're what you want to emulate what you want to see yourself um again i'm more so a personable person when it comes to i want to feel good so that i can you know operate uh at my highest potential mentally and physically so it's not so much about yeah we all want to look good but when you look good you feel good so you you find that happy median and um i think you know social media plays a lot into that um and you kind of follow what you you desire to to kind of emulate so awesome let me pitch this one to you renee phobias or misconceptions uh what are some of the misconceptions about fitness maybe from a woman's standpoint because i think there are phobias uh when i think the and i'll get to it and i'm gonna drill this one for you uh anthony and taiwan there's this assumption, uh, and I'll get into the, the the usage that everyone's on steroids. First of all, that's an umbrella term, right? I feel like that's a that's like uh, steroids is like, dude, that's so far left. But there are misconceptions in this industry. There's this total blank. For as a woman, what are some of those misconceptions? Like, what do is it is it that you know you only got you guys only do squat day? Like, what are the misconceptions from a woman's perspective? Uh, number one. If you lift, you're going to look like a man. Uh, that is the total misconception, I feel, in the fitness world. Because um, a lot of women, you know, I don't want big muscles. Well, it, it's almost impossible to, on a regular, 
to uh, look like that, you know, if you're just trying to stay fit and be healthy. So, um, but on the contrary, like you do have to have muscular strength training, I think incorporated uh, with your, you know, just if I just was to go out and run five to 10 miles a day, uh, you know, you would lose some of that, that muscle strength that you need to function daily. So um, having a balance, I think having that misconception of if I touch a weight, I'm going to bulk up and look so manly that nobody's going to, you know, I'm going to take my femininity away. Um, Cause I, I like to, you know, strength train and uh, have that, that good contrast between that. So I think that's one of the biggest phobias of when women are trying to get into uh, working out. Uh, I'm like, okay, we got to do some strip training. You don't have to lift 45 pounds, but I mean, you got to get in there and, you know, do some muscular endurance as well. Awesome. Anthony, phobias. Man, phobias. I'm cracking up laughing listening to her because she nailed it right <laughs> on the head. I have so many clients that hear this all day and I'm just like, repeat. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. I can write a book about phobias. Where do you want to start? It's <laughs> your, your, was my show, but you just go ahead and do it. <laughs> I'll start right where she's coming off with the women aspect of it, with working yeah. out, weightlifting. Women can do exactly the same workout as men do, that five rep max, whatever it may be, built for hypertrophy. I don't care how often you train. You are never, never going to be bulky like a guy and you're never going to be like those women you say, I don't want to look like her because I promise you she's on something. Hmm. That is total, utter misconception. (laughs) The other one is cardio. And this is something big that I love talking about. I loved how you brought this up, Renee. You nailed this perfectly. People think the best way to lose weight is running. It's true and false. And there's that phobia behind it where people are like, you know, I need to lose weight. I need to go start running. Yeah, you'll lose weight, but you're also burning muscle. The more muscle you burn, you lower your metabolic rate. So you probably notice people who are avid runners, those long distance Olympic runners, you see, the twigs. The mm-hmm. second they stop working out, guess what's going to happen? That's it. It will get all fat again. You think a bodybuilder, someone who's really big into muscles, like trying to build their muscle mass, their metabolic rate's going to skyrocket. And these guys eat six to 7,000 calories a day. I myself eat 4,000 a day. You know, I ain't going to bulk up unless I take off like a year of working out. That might be an exaggeration, but you need a balance of both. Cardio is great for your heart. It's great to lose weight quick. But if you want that weight gone forever, you got to weight lift. And it's a huge phobia, especially for women. So please, please listen to this and wait left. <laughs> wait left. Taiwan, phobias. What are some of those phobias? Uh, and, you know, kind of in my audience, the biggest phobia is uh, a lot of people are uh, insecure about themselves um, coming to the gym. Um, because the, the gym that I go to is a very visual gym. Uh, you can walk into it. There are cameras everywhere. Uh, the owner of the gym actually built the gym with the camera. So now he's like a social media celebrity. He's been in magazines. He's been all over the world. So the biggest phobia that I run into see is a lot of insecurity. You know, people feel like I have to be in shape uh, before I can consider myself healthy or into fitness. And, you know, we try to um, 
target in on that and, you know, preach more of the health and fitness. Yes, you have the physical as- aspect of it. But uh, to me, I believe uh, overall well-rounded, you know, health and fitness is the way to go. You know, as you say it, the days of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger are gone, Ronnie Coleman's not that they're gone, but, you know, that's not what people are aspiring to try to be like anymore. Uh, one, it takes a lot of chemicals to get that point. And then the workload and the dedication to get there, that's an entirely different conversation. So that's what I see. I'm glad you did all that. It takes a lot of chemicals. You got to say something, Anthony? Yeah, can I just expand on that with Taiwan? Was saying? He, that's ahead. what we do. We get the people, they have these insecurities. Like we're personal training. So they're afraid to go to big gyms. They think everyone's looking at them. They think everyone cares about what they look like. I can't walk in the door. No one's going to judge me. No, no one's going to judge you. Everyone's so into their own head, thinking that same thing. No one's caring about anybody else. They're only worrying about themselves. So that phobia, it just you got to understand it's not real. It's your mind mm-hmm. making it up. So go in, better yourself. I don't care if you haven't worked out in 60 years. Do something, and that's going to go a long way for you. So thanks for bringing that up, man. appreciate it. Anthony, then Taiwan. I'm going to pitch this question to you, and then, Renee, you can jump in. Um COVID-19 has changed the world. It goes without saying, right? Um, a lot of gyms closed because they had to to stop the spread of this transmission. And gyms have started to reopen. And in most states in Illinois, we're in phase four. So I think we're at 50% capacity uh, for gyms. But it's changed the way interaction happens, right? How has it affected the fitness industry? Because now, like, is there, like, you own a fitness studio. You know, prior to COVID, it was just, like, you could pick. Like, yeah, I'll go to this one, go to that one. But now, like, what does that future look like? Is it is it going to be what I see on TV, people working out with a mirror? Or will there be a need for an actual space, actual physical trainer? I did two episodes on this. <laughs> I could talk all day. <laughs> But the industry has changed. That's what I'm going to say with utmost certainty. And in New York, just to give a little bit of background for those that don't know, gyms were excluded from all phases. So I'm still not open. My doors haven't been open since March 15th. You want to talk about an extended period of time? And we were told maybe we'll open 2021. So we got to adapt. We got to change. And it's hard, man. People, I'm sure you see it all the time. Tell someone to go work out at home. What happens when you get home? Oh, I can work out or I can watch that show with some popcorn. Like, you ain't working out. You need the space. You need the gym. I mean, as great as it is to try to think that we have all this motivation to do things at home. Some of us do, but most of us don't. And those are the people we work with. They need the accountability of showing up somewhere. Because just walking through that door in a gym makes you push a whole lot harder. And I'm sure both of them will agree with me. Like, I thank God I'm the owner and I can work out here. But working out at home is impossible. I do half the amount of stuff I do at the gym because it's my headspace. And it's a way Mm. for me to release. And I don't see gyms ever disappearing at a whole level. But this Mm. is the end of big box gyms. Everything is going to be broken down into a studio because there's no way a gym like Planet Fitness or LA Fitness can survive off a of quantity with a small overhead for basic membership. Working at half the capacity now, you got to double rates just to make a, the same amount you were making before COVID. So mm-hmm. end of that, prices are going to jump, expect it. And 
I, I don't want to take too much, but <laughs> no, that was a mic drop moment. Hey, let me say something on that. Planet Fitness is trash. I'm not trying to talk about anybody who enjoys Planet Fitness, but if you could have a pizza day in your gym, I doubt your dedication. I don't like Planet Fitness because I can't wear my clothes that I want to wear, and they don't have free weights. I don't even know. I mean, I get the concept of it, but I just what's I just, the concept I, of it? <laughs> I got some issues. I want. COVID-19, the future of fitness. What does that what does that look like? I agree with Anthony. Uh I think big box gyms as we know it are uh man, if they're not dead, they're getting ready to die out. Um, but we have uh so many uh gyms around us, big box gyms that have closed down. Um I think it has changed uh in the way that trainers are now starting to get more active, even myself. Uh, with online uh, uh, training, um, but I do also agree with Anthony that uh, I don't think uh, studio style training is ever going anywhere um, because you do push more when you walk into the gym and you walk, especially if you're doing group classes and you're with other people. You know, there's a competitive edge there. There's a competitive label, and you kind of push a little more. I don't see uh, that going away. And the fortunate thing for us right now is we're currently still open. Um, as a gym, we shut down for a couple of months, but uh, we're back up and going. And the biggest thing that I saw was a lot of these fitness people were just going stir crazy in their in their homes. You know, like even myself, I started working out and training at home, and then I just like lost motivation. You know, it's just something about being in place with actual people with the same mind pushing for the same goal. So I don't I don't ever see that going anywhere. But COVID definitely has changed the gym landscape. Definitely. Renee, I want to throw this to you. One of our audience members said, life has definitely changed due to COVID-19. I don't go to the gym anymore. I use Facebook Marketplace. I didn't know you could use Facebook Marketplace to work out. I guess to buy equipment and play it against sports to create my home gym. Do you think it's possible to sustain real results? I mean, maybe if you're like, you know, you're, you got millions of dollars and you can build basically the state-of-the-art gym. But for the average consumer to really maintain a lifestyle of fitness. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, man, I was trying to wait my turn because Anthony hit it. Like the, the concept of, of that discipline. Yeah, I'm working at home. I've even built a small gym <laughs> piece by piece. I went and bought me a treadmill just to make sure I got some type of cardio in. Um, I can fold it under my couch. You know, I have medicine balls. I have the weights, free weights. I have the, the, the stretch bands. Um, but it's nothing like getting out of your home and into that space to really, uh, mentally put into your workout, what you're trying to get out of it. Um, yeah, you can build up that discipline, uh, at home. And then of course, if you have the money to build an actual, studio gym um i'm lucky to have a an apartment being an apartment which has a studio gym here um so i can leave out of my my residence and then go upstairs to the gym but as far as um i was never a a, a videotaper i can you know tybo and and i mean maybe one t90x maybe one week or two weeks but i never stayed with it um you know it's just something about going to you know, being around other uh, individuals that, you know, I remember I'm on the treadmill. I'm like, I look over and I'm like, I got to keep going because I see somebody coming in and, you know, I'm like, man, you know, I want to, 
just that that encouragement to be around others that are working towards their same goal. You don't know what what they're trying to to do, but they're there for that specific reason. And I feel like that's once, especially just getting to those doors. You know, there's been days where I'm like, I don't even feel like working out. Mm. But the minute I get to the gym, I put my gym bag in the locker room and I step out on the floor. It's like, okay, I'm so glad I came. And now that's the hardest part. Um, and I think having, you know, home gyms is nice, especially on those days where you, you can't break away to get to the gym and you can kind of stay in between. But I think it's more so of just a bridge to, to, um, till you can get to those, to those facilities, um, where the future is going to go. You know, right now it is definitely stretching me to think outside of the box um, because I don't own a gym. There's, you know, and even with the facilities that we have, you know, in um, the Air Force, a lot of them are shut down. But um, smaller workspaces, uh, being able to, you know, at least get into a gym. um, Like I said, they're they're, you know, they're limited capacities. So I don't ever see them going away because I see more people because you can't go trying to fight to get into them now. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's it's just gonna be a, a redirection of, of how we, you know, um, can shift into the future. Definitely, definitely. I got a few more minutes. I wanna, ta- I wanna really hit on this one. And this is the question I've been aiming for. And I wanna start uh, with you, Anthony. Supplements, supplements. Look, um, like I said before, there's the phobia, there's the myth steroids right now are there people who use them i would not recommend them nor am i against them that's my official stance i just don't use them i wouldn't recommend it but like that extreme because i listened to ronnie coleman on joe rogan and he explained why he went into it right but that's a that's a totally way way out there but there are supplements that are absolutely essential like protein right before i get into what you should be taking let me get into selling supplements without validation. I'm seeing a lot of people market supplements that aren't into fitness. Is that ultimately dangerous? If somebody, and, and it could be a side hustle. I don't knock it. It's just like when I go to GNC, I know the guy doesn't work out, but I'll allow him to explain what the supplement can do, you know, but is it ultimately or inherently dangerous to go down a path when it's not validated? Absolutely. It's the supplement industry, just so you know, is worth billions and billions of dollars because they're able to sell things to people because they believe they need them when about 90% of them do nothing. Hmm. So I'm sure all of you know people who take multivitamins every day. Right. Everyone's like, I need to take my multi. I need to take my multi. You don't. You really, hmm. really don't. Unless you got some s- severe deficiencies, maybe look into it. But I'm going to pinpoint everyone. It has nothing to do with me. So this isn't me helping myself at all. Check out the website, examine.com. They take every supplement. They put it into peer-reviewed journals and then tell you at least a little bit of inkling if something works, if something doesn't work. Like I said, it has nothing to do with me, but I use it as a reference all the time. Awesome, awesome. Taiwan, supplements. This, like uh, Anthony hit upon it, it can be dangerous when it's manipulated for profit gain. What works versus what doesn't? Obviously, you need it. You know, you get done, you get done with a real heavy chest day. You got to eat, right? Like, so what should the consumer do when it comes to supplements? What is the first step? 
So I'm a little conflicted because uh, I was that guy. I would take everything protein, creatine, multivitamin, carbolin. I mean, you name it, fat burner, whatever they had, topical solution. I was the guy that I took all of it because I felt everything, uh, everything you know, I could take, I could get an edge. And, you know, I'm different uh, with it now. I rarely take protein myself. I rarely take creatine. I am more of an advocate now of eating whole, organic, healthy foods more than anything. That's like the journey that I'm on. Um, I only recommend supplementation to people now just kind of out of habit. They was like, hey, I want to take something. And I really want to tell them you just really need some good food. But, you know, some people are at that mindset now. They feel like they got to have a supplement. I know what that feels like because I was there. But through, you know, learning and education, I kind of found out that, you know, as as Anthony said, 90 percent of that stuff does not work. It is a mental placebo. You feel like, hey, if I'm taking it, you know, I'm doing well. And, you know, sometimes that's not the case. So, you know, I'm real conflicted with the old supplement industry right now. Gotcha. Renee, supplements. I'm not. I'm not a woman, obviously. Um, I don't know what the temptation was. I know I can. I can take myself back to high school, 2005. BSN came out with NOS Explode. You saw Ronnie Coleman on the cover like this, and it changed everything. It was like crap. I'm gonna look like this, right? So as a woman, as a woman, right? I'm obviously there are, are products that are marketed toward that. What is the temptation out there? Where what do you see women now? What is that conversation looking like as far as supplementation? Uh fat burning, it's always been something that's going to target what you know is being pushed through the media. Um, to lose your stomach, to get a bigger butt, to tone arms, whatever it is. Um, my biggest thing is Again, we've talked earlier, your body is, if you compare it to a car, what you put into it, that's what you're going to get out of it. So um, I do take some supplements simply because I'm getting older um, and uh, certain, you know, vitamins uh, after doctor visits and things like that, you you know, you might need to just help uh, as far as iron, um, vitamin D, things of that nature. Now you can get that in food. Uh, but also relating to your lifestyle as well. I'm constantly on the go. Um, and there are days where I'm like, I'll forget to eat. So taking supplements for me is more so to just get, you know, that energy replacement, not necessarily I'm needing it to look a certain way. Um, Mm -hmm. and so some of the misconceptions of, you know, yes, you can get that in food, but if your body is lacking something or, you know, um, for me, you know, the best place to start is your physician and see what it is in your blood. Because, uh, you know, they say you need to eat for your blood type as well. Whereas if I eat a whole thing of eggs, you know, to get vitamin D, um, it might not, my metabolism might not break it down as fast, as, you know, so I might need to get that elsewhere or, you know, in a different form. Um, so doing research, I think, uh, as a woman, uh, before just going out and you know, getting the latest, greatest, you know, craze uh, or fitness, you know, supplements is, is important for me. So that's, you know, that's just my perspective of it not being uh, that I do this every day, you know, to study it. But I, when I is something that I'm noticing in my workouts or, 
maybe, you know, you know, not reaching that, that peak potential that I used to, I'm like, okay, something's lacking. What am I doing? And what's in my, my diet? Um, and then from there, that's where I would go from, okay, how can I supplement that? Um, and not to maintain that on an everyday until I can get back to that level. Um, so, um, as far as, you know, to answer, you know, the question, as far as that craze of, of what women would look for, you know, it depends. Are you tired in the morning? Do you need that little pick me up to that caffeine or, you know, something to get you through your workout? Um, and, you know, that's that's how I would look at it. Yeah. Um, but I don't you know, I don't know if that answered your question all the way, but. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Just to reiterate one of our comments, he is a doctor, Michael Simpson. Read the fine print on supplements. Statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. His product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent. I want to do this. I know we got, this is my last question. I know we scheduled this for 30 minutes. I want to start this with Taiwan. Why has fitness, uh, or yeah, why has fitness been so um, uh, diverse? When we think about kind of the social climate, what's going on in the United States, really the world, uh, if there has been one area of of sports, it seems like the fitness industry never suffered from a diversity problem. The second, the second Mr. Olympia was Serge Olivia, who was from Chicago, right? Like, and then after him was Arnold, like it was always, it was never bashful of different representation. Why do you think that is? Because no matter what your uh, background is, no matter what your religion, nationality is, at the end of the day, you know, in that field, what you just named with Arnold and Sergio Olivia, I mean, your body does the talking. Like at the end of the day, how you look, uh, what you've accomplished, um, you know, it does the it does the speaking for you. And I think fitness has been so diverse, you know, from its beginning all the way up until now, because at the end of the day, no matter where we come from, when you look good, feel good and that feel good to everybody. I don't care where you're from, what your background is. Uh, when you feel healthy, you know, everybody wants to uh, uh, have that feeling. So I just think it's been a diverse platform uh, and I think it will continue to do so and grow exponentially. Great, great, great. Anthony, why do you think fitness has been so diverse? Uh, just to echo Taiwan, and I, I do believe it, if you look good, you feel good and that's what people want to vibe off of. Why has fitness achieved what, the NFL hasn't achieved? Well, you're going to love my answer. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> so personally, it's because people work well together when you have a common goal. And that's kind of what Taiwan was saying, where we're all going to the gym. We're all working out to better ourselves, to better our future, to spend time to work on ourselves. And I don't know if you guys both notice the same thing I do, but people who work out more, who are more conscious about their health, tend to care less about what's going on in the outside world and tend to take everything eternal and fix their own problems. So mm. I know this is a business owner. This is why I work out because it clears my mind to be able to help me get through the rest of my day. I don't wake up with brain fog like most other people do. I, I don't have that where I just feel lazy and beat down. I go to the gym. I work out because I want to push myself forward and I want to be successful. And I want to take as many freaking people with me as I can and make everyone successful. Like that's, that's the journey. And we all have that same exact mindset. And it's on top of that camaraderie where you take two people and let's say they're both cap sizes or the strength of the ocean. People bond 
when they're in tough situations where they feel like, you know, there's so much stress and then you find a connection with that person. A lot of people find love because they went through some hardship with that person. Right. And fitness, let me tell you, when you get a great workout, I don't care who you are, every single person around you who achieved that same freaking thing, you're all like, guys, we did this. That's why I do Spartan races. That that whole team rate, it's, you know, we all just went through this. We all did this. And you know what? That puts us and say we bonded and we did through it. And I love fitness. I think everyone should model our industry. Personally, I might be super biased, but I just, I'm just saying, man, it's just so many different things that mm-hmm. people just think fitness is about working out. And it's really, really not. It's a community. It really mm-hmm. is. That's true. I, I do believe in that. I, I will say I, you build a bond with people who really commit themselves to the grind, who you see work, who you see put in the effort, who you see are not cheating the process and an and ultimate level of respect develops. And I always say the nicest people in the world are the ones that are dedicated to them. The jerks are the ones who think they're there and they're not, right? <laughs> so that's, it definitely is a community. Renee, I will hit you with this. And this is our last question that I'll give you guys where they Absolutely. can connect with you and I'll start. Um, you know, it has changed when I, uh, when I first, I think I got my first gym membership around 16. So we're talking about years ago. And it was predominantly male, but now the gym is not. The gym is about, I would say 70, 30, 70% female, 30% male. What, what, why has uh, this been such an explosion? Why is fitness so far ahead of organizations and even sports uh, for that matter? Why has the gym knocked down these barriers quicker than any other area? Um, just like Anthony was saying earlier, you know, it is a community and it is not, it's so much more than just, you know, what it can do on your outside. It's what it does on the inside for you. Um, as a woman, self-esteem, you know, uh, mental, just emotions, all of that. I notice when I don't work out, I'm not the funnest person to be around. Uh, my mood changes. Uh, I'm irritable very easily. And and it's crazy because I've learned that throughout the years, even though I've been athletic and I've played sports, uh, it is now even more, you know, uh, of a community of women. We can bond together. You can encourage one another. Um, and it, it just builds that it's so much more than just looking good. But when you do look good, you feel good. And that's really what brings everything together. So, you know, moving in today's time, you know, women are figuring that out, like, Hey, this gym is not just for the guys. Move over. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I need to feel good too. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna look good while I'm doing it. And you know, when you see other women that that are you know motivated, hurt, and you know, um, encouraging and confident, you want to feel that same thing. And it and it starts really, you know, where where you, your self esteem is in in the gym, building that and building on top of that. So, awesome, awesome. Well, look. Thank you, guys. Where can they connect with you? Renee, I started with you. What are you doing? What's your social media handles? Where can they follow you and connect with you? So right now, uh, my I am the Air Force recruiter for Chicago Land. So Air Force uh, recruiting in Chicago. I'm building that up. I've only been here for a year now, but um, they can follow me there. I'll be adding on to it, really incorporating, you know, one thing, like I said, about the Air Force um, is uh, fitness. You know, that's one of my biggest 
biggest things being fit. Um, but also if you want to get in touch, even have some workouts, I try to get some of my, my recruits out there. So um, they can follow me at Air Force Recruiting uh, Chicago Central. So at Instagram. <laughs> at Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Anthony, where can they follow you and connect with you? You can find me on Facebook, Anthony Amen, Instagram, Anthony Amen Fitness, my company, Redefined Fitness. Also, my podcast, Health and Fitness Redefined with Anthony Amen. It's a super fun picture. I highly recommend checking it out. Awesome, guys. Check out his podcast, Connect with him. And then I'll, I'll drop the links below. So when you watch this on the post edit, you'll be able to see where you can connect. Taiwan, where can they connect with you? What are you doing? I'm on a lot of platforms, but the one I utilize the most for fitness is uh, Instagram. And my IG handle is TrueApex1 on IG. TrueApex1. All right, guys. Well, like I said, again, I want to just thank you to my guests. Thank you guys so much for participating. Uh, this has been an amazing episode. Tomorrow's episode is the future of sports. We're going to talk about that Patrick Mahomes $503 million contract that I'm super excited about. Well-deserved. I just want to thank my guests again. Till next time, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.